We're back. <laughs> What's good, everyone? My name is Orlando Sanchez. We've got Jared Kelly on my right, Nate Hansen on my left, Max Barr on the ones and twos, and this is KGW's three on three Blazers. Media day in the books. It's time to get back to work. Training camp is a go. It does feel good to be back. We haven't recorded in two months, I think. Two months, yeah. yeah it's been since it's, late July. Yeah, it's been quiet since that early free agency period. Not a lot going on, so, you know, we took a break, too. And now we're back for year three, guys. Third <laughs> season of this thing. People are listening to us, man. They let us come back. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Yeah, no, man. <laughs> Wait, people actually listen to this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> apparently. Five or, five or six people. Thank I'm you. I'm as shocked as you guys are, man. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you to the listeners who do. We're excited about season three. Very excited. Season premiere, and we had Media Day, like you said, and there were some interesting things said at Media Day that we're going to touch on, and we're excited. I mean, the first preseason game is on Tuesday. It's hard. It's, it sneaks up on you mm -hmm. so fast, the yeah. start of the NBA season, because it's, you know, football, you get like a month long of training camp. Uh, baseball, you get a month and a half of spring training, and basketball, it's like two weeks, and here yep. we go. 100%, man. That's that's how I like it. Season number 50 for the Blazers. Uh, they've got those throwback uniforms Ooh. that they're going to flaunt out there. They look pretty, nice. Pretty those good stuff nice. there. Yeah. Um, and as you mentioned, media day was, was really cool. It's always a marathon. Um, you go in there really excited. You want to ask a ton of questions, and then you get about halfway through, and you're like, I've been here for three or four hours now. It's time to pick and choose wisely. <laughs> but uh, to hear these guys talk, and, and especially after the season that they had, uh, the, the most successful season that the Blazers have put together in almost two decades. So there's a lot of momentum, but there's also, this is a new team. Yeah. You know, we've got, uh, you know, what, six new faces? Se uh, seven guys are gone from last year. So there's a lot of uncertainties. There's a lot of questions out there with this team. It's not like it has been in years past where we've said this is pretty much the same team where yeah. you've added maybe one or two guys. Like the way this offseason set up was a an epic offseason for Rip City. The podcast to start the season this last couple of years have been kind of difficult <laughs> yes. because of the fact that there were so few mm -hmm. new faces on the roster. And this one is a lot easier because of the fact that there are so many new faces. There's a lot more unknowns 100%. with this year's team. And so there's a lot to talk about and jump into. Yeah, there might be a lot of uncertainty about the team outside the team. And if you look at what people are saying about the team, I mean, expectations for this team on a national level are actually pretty low, yeah. which is kind of surprising to me. But with the team, especially if you listened in on what they were saying at Media Day, this team's expectations are as high as they've ever been, and I've never heard mm -hmm. this team be as optimistic as they were, at least in the past decade. Yeah, Damian Lillard put it out there. He said, our goal is a championship, yep. which for Portland makes you take a step back. I mean, it tells you how far this team has, has come. We're, you're actually, you can actually buy something like that, at least here in Portland, maybe on the outside, as you mentioned, this team being counted out already, which is kind of the story year in and year out. It just shows the importance of last season's playoff run. Right. Yes. I mean, if they had lost in the first round to Oklahoma City, heck, even if they had lost in the second round to Denver. Man, you would have been and, trying to blow that thing up mid-series. And, and, and Damian Lillard came out and said, our goal now is to win a championship after they had been ousted even in the second round. Mm -hmm. People here would be like, well, just I mean, you, roll your eyes, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like you, did, you haven't even gotten the Western Conference Finals yet. Why are we talking about that? And while they did get sweeped in that Western Conference Finals mm -hmm. last year, it does seem like something, at least for people who are around this team and understand the potential of this team, that you can envision a potential scenario where the Blazers getting to the NBA Finals could happen. Mm -hmm. There aren't many of them, but there are a few. 
It's kind of the next logical step. You know, you want to get back to the conference finals and win and give yourself a chance in the NBA finals. You guys know the drill. There's three of us. There's three questions. So we have well, three we answers. We didn't change it up for year three. We nah, kept man. it with three. No, nah, man. The fact that we got five listeners last season, <laughs> we're not changing a thing, man. There we go, baby. <laughs> Let's get rolling. Once we locked in Max Barr, I knew we were set. So, uh, you guys know the drill. You can catch our answers on kgw.com. Uh, number one, at Media Day, Neil Olshay called Anthony Simons the best young guard in the NBA and as gifted a player as anyone I've drafted in my 15 years in the league. Whoa. Woo. He drafted Damian Lillard, right? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We're reminded of that. Yeah. Uh, the question is, is the Anthony Simons hype train going too fast, too slow, or at just the right speed? And I want to... I want to jump on this train. I want to be in oh, Jared, the conductor's no. seat. I want to be right at the very front, but I think it's going too fast. Oh, Jared, why do you have to be reasonable here to start this off? Well, now that expectations for the team are higher, then I have to come down a bit, I guess. But oh. it's, it's mainly because I, I, I do think Simons is going to be really good this season and even better in, in, in future seasons. I think that he has a very real potential to average double digits off the bench this season. Yeah. I think he's going to be an efficient scorer, and I think he's going to be a fan favorite. But when you have, and all respect to Neil O'Shea, but when you have him calling Penny Simons <laughs> <laughs> the best young guard in the NBA, that just, for me, that, that takes it too far. I mean, I don't know what his parameters are for young guard, yeah. but let's just say it's <laughs> age 23 and younger. Okay. Okay, so that puts him, and I'm just going to name these names, and I want you guys to tell me if you think Simons is better than these players. My answer is already yes. Luka Doncic. Okay, maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) Your boy. (laughs) I know. Ben Simmons. Okay. Donovan Mitchell. All right. Man. Devin. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm not so Why did we start with Jared, Jared dude? Yeah. yeah. Seriously. I'm, Come on, Jared. I'm going to keep going down My this bad. list. My Devin, bad. Devin Booker. Oh, gosh. De'Aaron Fox. Trey Young. How about Jamal Murray, our favorite yeah. foe from last season's semifinals? D'Angelo Russell. And Man, I think you could say maybe this final player that I put you could maybe make an argument that Simons is better, but he's pretty good too. Shea, Shea Gilgis, uh, Gilgis Alexander. Yeah. I mean, all those players are age 23 or younger, and Olshay said that Simons is the best young guard in the NBA. That's taken it too far for me. We've seen 141 minutes of NBA <laughs> playing time from Anthony Simons. Let's slow it down a little bit. Let's let it breathe and see what he can do with a larger role this year. And as for him saying he's as gifted a player as anyone he's drafted in his 15 years in the league, that takes Olshay back before he was even GM of the Clippers, since he was hired by the Clippers. If you're looking at 15 years, that puts Simons at or above Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Eric Gordon. I mean, these are really talented players. Yeah. So I just think it's, that's taken it a little too far. As good as I think Simons is going to be and as excited as I am to see him play and to have a larger role, I think the hype train's just going a little too fast right now. See, the thing about the hype train, Jared, is, <laughs> is you can't take it so literal, my friend. You can't. Yes, Neil Olshay said what he said, that he's the best young guard in the league. And maybe Neil Olshay honestly does believe Anthony Simons is better than Luka Doncic, Donovan Mitchell, all those guys you just named off. 
But I believe I'm he think, probably does. I'm I, I'm I thinking think when he's talking about that, when I heard that quote, I was thinking he thinks out of the young guards in the NBA right now, Anthony Simons will end up being the best player out of all of them. And this question, this hype train, it's all about managing expectations while enjoying the ride of the <laughs> hype train. Like everything about me wants to say it's going too slow because this is great. We're super excited about this young kid. It's the first, when was the last time Wait, you were how, this? How could it go faster? Oh, it could go faster, Jared. Just, <laughs> just wait until he drops 50 in game one and we'll see what happens here. Uh, but no, like when was the last time Portland Trailblazers fans have been this excited about a young player? Was it Damian Lillard? Probably, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so this is something, while this franchise has had success, we haven't seen this type of excitement around a young player in quite a, bit, quite a few years. And so my instinct wants to say it's going too slow, <laughs> but I'm just gonna say it's going just right because of the fact that people can't expect Anthony Simons this year to come off the bench and drop 15 to 17 points a game this year. That's not gonna happen. I totally agree with Jared that he could get a double-digit average this year in scoring. He shows he has a natural gift in terms of getting the spots, creating his own shot, and knocking down those shots. And that's something that's really hard to teach. So it's a dynamic you just kind of naturally have to have to be an elite scorer. And by what we've seen from him, I think he has that gift and ability. And so I'm going to say it's just right, because I think he can contribute a lot this year to the Blazers. He might be their best offensive player off the bench this year, which is saying something for a kid who just turned 20 years old. But I'm going to say it's just right, because the fact I think if I said the hype train's going too slow, some people might take it the wrong way and their expectations go beyond what they should be and they think, oh man, we're gonna have C another CJ McCollum on the team this year. <laughs> Someday, but not today. Man, uh, I think uh, Drake has a, an album. It's like, if you're reading this, it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's where we're at with this hype train. Like, it's going so fast that I don't, slow I, I don't think it can slow down at this point. And for me, like, when Olshay said that, I was taken aback, but when Dame signed off on him, yeah. for me, absolutely, with somebody who's basically saying, this is my guy, I'm taking him under my wing, I, that's when I was like, oh, I have no choice but to believe in, in this guy. And Jared, you're right. Um, I'm just bummed out that we started with you. Because, yeah, that was a big mistake. Because you derailed us, man. Sorry, and this man. train was full steam ahead yeah. when we came in here to record this podcast. I but mean, <laughs> remember last time we talked about him? It may have been the last podcast of season two. Mm -hmm. We saved him for the end mm -hmm. because we talked about him for 10 minutes. Max was super excited. Yeah. We've never seen Max so happy to talk during our podcast. Yeah. And we were just like, why did we save this for last? Yeah. So we started off first this time, and Jared just had to go and be the party pooper over <laughs> and, here. And the, the reality of the situation is there are a few players that come in um, and are able to impact the game that quickly. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, he just turned 20. I mean... The guy is still growing. Yeah. <laughs> he said he grew an inch. He's put on 10 pounds. Like, I mean, for all intents and purposes, he's a kid. Yeah. Like, and, and he's still trying to find his way in the league. And I think in due time, he's going to be that good player. But for me, you've got to be able to temper these expectations just on the sole fact of, like, let the guy live. Like, yeah. let him breathe. Let him figure things out uh, before we put this on him and expect him to deliver in the way that, you know, we're talking about the next Damian Lillard. Let me ask you guys a question. Do you believe he will eventually be an all-star? Not unless Oh, he, Jared, no! Not unless, yes, but not unless he okay. leaves Portland or... Oh. 
a player who is going to get all these minutes ahead of him retires or leaves. Okay. Because right now, even if he got all of the backup minutes at point guard and shooting guard, I don't think he can play small forward. That's at most like 24 minutes per game. Yeah. You're not going to be an all-star playing 24 minutes per game. So if he is as good as Neil O'Shea says he is, and as many other people are saying as well, eventually something's going to have to give. Yep. If he's that caliber of player, either he or CJ McCollum is going to have to go somewhere else. Yep. It seems to me. And I don't want to think wow. about that. Jared, because I, I love CJ and Dame together, and I'm really excited to see what Anthony Simons becomes. But if he is best young guard in the NBA, if he's the best player that Neil O'Shea has ever drafted, I don't know. I mean, are there going to be enough minutes for him here? Yeah. I mean, we're that's gonna, not we're, a consideration yeah. for this season. No, it's not a consideration right now for Neil Olshay. And if that it does end up being a problem for him, that's a good problem, a good problem to have. Yeah. But let, Orlando, do you think at some point in his career, Anthony Simons will be an All Star guard? Jared, I think is is spot on in terms of. How? How can yeah, you do yeah. that as a Portland Trailblazer? Yeah. Uh, either, you know, CJ's got to be gone, Dame's got to be gone. Just, Something's got to happen. Just in terms of talent and ability. 100%, yeah. yeah. Not only will, would he be an all-star, but he's going to win the slam dunk contest. Oh! I oh! I think he's going to be in the slam dunk contest this season. Oh, now this we're season. talking, Jared. He's already talking about it. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. asked him about it. Was it at media day? Yeah. And he said, yeah, I think I'd do well. Yep. Wow, Jared. See, now this is what we were wanting, yep. Jared. Yep. Hey, I have no problem with Anthony Simons. I don't even have a problem. <laughs> problem with the hype train in general. I have a problem with Neil Shea saying he's the best young guard in the NBA right now. Like, that's not fair to Anthony Simons. Yeah, right. right. Like, I mean, Damian... Maybe he's just talking about uh, 19 and 20-year-olds. Maybe. Yeah, you know. You <laughs> first and second year players, that's it. We're talking U20 here. Uh, Max, we haven't heard from you. We know you love Anthony Simons. I, he was driving that train. Yeah. Do I ever, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> have your feelings changed at all over the last two months since you last told us about him? Not really. I think it's just right. Yeah. I'm with you, Nate. Um, and if I could offer up a counterpoint, I mean, Neil O'Shea sees this kid every day. He does. Mm -hmm. I mean, when was the last time we saw him? We saw him go, what was it, five for five in the first quarter of a summer league game for yeah. three and just light Twitter on fire. Right. Yeah. Before that, we saw him play 48 minutes against the Kings. He was still 39, baby. He was still standing 39 points, nine now, assists. Now, here's the thing about him being 6'3". I think at the draft combine, I forgot to look this up, but I remember from when he was drafted, he measured at 6'4". So if he's grown an inch, that means this dude is 6'5 now. My point is, with what we've awesome. seen of him, the limited amount, he's been on fire. Yeah. Yes. That's all we've seen. Yeah. Neil O'Shea's seen him a heck of a lot more. So, you know. And I'll get and Neil this. I think we talked about this at the beginning of last season. It seems like every media day, he singles out like one player yep. who has had a great summer and he has high expectations. Two years ago, it was Shabazz. Wow. And Shabazz had a good season. Last year, it was Lehman. Yep. And Lehman had a much better season than anyone expected. And this year, he's hyping up Simons far more than he did those two. So, I don't know. I mean, he's, he has a bit of a track record of being right about yeah. these things. And to, and to Orlando's point earlier, one of the reasons I do believe in this more than I would others is because it's not just Neil Olshay saying right. it. Yeah. Like, Neil Olshay yeah. has a job, and that is to get the... Oh, yeah. Has, well, it's building a team. It's to get the fan base 100%. interested and right. excited. That's not Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum. No. That's not the rest of the team shop. Mm -mm. And they're all saying great things about him, too. So that's why I'm fully bought in. 
All right, question number two. Simons and Zach Collins are both expected to see their roles increase this season, with Collins expected to start at power forward and Simons potentially sliding in as the team's sixth man. Which player will have the biggest impact on the Blazers this season? As much as I love Anthony Simons, and as much as I think he'll be a positive for him off the bench, to me this is still a no-brainer. It's Zach Collins is going to have the biggest impact of these two players. I think you can argue Zach Collins will have the biggest impact of any player on the Blazers roster in terms of their success this upcoming season. They need him to be good. Mm -hmm. They need him to be ready to play 25 to 30 minutes a night and be consistently productive for them. And I don't know if he's shown in the past two seasons that he can handle that. And so that's why I have a little bit, I'm taking Zach Collins a little bit with caution right now. And that's why to me, his impact could be positive. It could be extremely positive. They've had Al Farouk Aminu fill that starting four role for the last three years. And if it's Zach Collins, Zach Collins has a higher ceiling than Al Farouk Aminu has. But with Al Farouk Aminu, you knew what you were going to get for the most part. He had his low dips at times, but for the most part, he remained pretty consistent. And can Zach Collins be consistent for the Blazers? Like I said, his ceiling can be high. But I worry because his floor is certainly much lower than what we, I think, saw from Al Farouk Aminu's floor. It seemed like Collins had his foul issues under control towards the end of the regular season. And then the postseason happened and they reared their ugly head again. Another concern. And because of the fact that the Blazers just don't have a ton of front court depth right now with Yusuf Nurkic out. And so if Zach Collins doesn't play well and isn't ready to handle that minutes load, where do you go? if you're the Portland Trail Blazers, to get those productive minutes. So to me, it can be both positive and negative, but to me, this is still a no-brainer. Zach Collins will have a bigger impact than Anthony Simons. I think it's super interesting the way you went with that, Nate. And I think in the, the article that's on KGW.com, you wrote that it could be for better or worse. And that, yes. that I think you're right. Um, I think the fouls are everything for Zach Collins this season. Um, last year, he led the team in fouls per 100 possessions, 6.2 per 100 possessions. So I did a little exercise with Zach Collins that I'll talk about more in depth here, but I wanted to see what he would do with just an increase in minutes, yep. not projecting an increase in role or a change in role, not projecting an increase in usage rate or anything like that, just more minutes and how impactful he could be. With fouls, if you extrapolate his stats just from last season, no change but more minutes. If he only plays 26 minutes per game, he's averaging 3.4 fouls per game. If he, and I don't think this is likely, but if he played 36 minutes per game, he's averaging 4.7 fouls yeah. per game. Last season, the league leaders in fouls per game were Carl Anthony Towns, Dwight Howard, and Jaron Jackson Jr. with 3.8 per game. If Collins gets up to 30 minutes per game, his extrapolated stats put him above that. Yeah. So, the, you know, the most foul-prone player in the NBA, he has to get that under control. Mm -hmm. And it might come with more playing time as the refs get used to him. But if he can't control his fouls, he's not going to be able to play the minutes the Blazers need him to play. But if he can, then I think that four better is yeah. what we're going to see with Zach Collins. Okay. Because, again, same exercise, just more minutes, extrapolated stats, no change in role, no change in usage rate. If he played just 28 minutes per game, his adjusted stats would be 10.5 points per game, 6.7 rebounds per game, 1.4 blocks per game, and 0.8 three-pointers per game. I'll tell you this right now. If he does that, 
I will be completely thrilled with Zach if Collins' he gets performance. Up to minutes. Yeah, and, yeah, or it has that stat line. And that's line. just his stats from last season yeah. extrapolated to 28 minutes per game. Now, those don't, I mean, those are good stats, but they don't seem, I mean, they, they kind of seem a little bit mediocre, you know, 11.7 rebounds. But what the thing is, Zach Lowe said it best last year. He said, Collins has the blurry outlines of a modern big who can protect the rim, shoot threes, post up guards and switches, and do just enough off the dribble to hurt you. Those kind of players, even in the modern NBA, are extremely rare. Those stats I gave you at 20 min- 28 minutes per game, only six players in the NBA last season matched those stats. Giannis Antetokounmpo, <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid, Al Horford, Miles Turner, and DeMarcus Cousins. Let's say best case scenario, which I think 32 minutes is about the best you can expect from, oh, yeah. from Collins this year. If he played 32 minutes, you're looking at 12 points, 8 rebounds, 1.6 blocks, and about a 3 per game. Three players matched those stats last season. Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Davis, and Joel Embiid. It's not a perfect comparison because those players are elite offensive players. Yep. They're going to score far more than you'd expect Collins to score this season or maybe ever in his career. But it shows you the kind of value he has and why the Blazers value him so much and believe in him so much that they let Aminu go. Arguably, you know, their most versatile defender and a guy who started 250 games over the past four seasons to open up a bigger role for Collins. I think if Collins can control his foul trouble, I think he's going to have a massive impact on the team this year. I'll be pretty brief because it sounds like uh, we're all in agreement and it's something, it's been a reoccurring theme. Uh, Zach Collins has a track record, even in college. Uh, he's got to be yeah. able to control those fouls. And uh, as the saying goes, what, what the, the best ability is availability. And yeah. if Zach Collins isn't available, uh, he's going to have an impact on it negatively, yeah, as right. you mentioned. But um, yeah, the, the, it's, this is logically the next step for yes, Zach Collins in is. his career. This is what he's wanted. He's been vocal about wanting to be a starter. He's going to get that opportunity. I thought it was great to hear Hassan Whiteside really vouch for him on a couple of occasions. We uh, heard from him when uh, Hassan Whiteside was at the Boys and Girls Club. And he made it a point to mention just how elite he thought Zach Collins was as a shot blocker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that says a lot to have a new guy like Hassan Whiteside come in and, and notice that and be willing to recognize him. And he did it again at Media Day in mentioning how special this guy could be. They need to be able to work together. Uh, Zach Collins can be a special complimentary piece to a big guy like Hassan Whiteside. Yeah. It was also, um, I think, exciting to hear that Zach Collins has really been working on his shot. And being aware that, hey, I'm a good defensive player, but I, I need to carry some, some more responsibility on offense. I need to be able to not only hit three-pointers, but knock down that mid-range. Right. So if you're giving up a guy like uh, you mentioned, um, or a couple guys that you've mentioned that are no longer on, on this team, like Alfred Camino, He's got to be able to be a threat offensively at, at times yeah. and not hit the side of the backboard when he shoots. I mean, with that, and I'm not trying to say, like, I don't believe that Zach Collins can and will be, you know, a good NBA player. Right. Like, I will have a long career in the NBA. I just, I, I'm more on the show it to me before. Yeah. I'm not, it's the opposite of Anthony Simons. Anthony Simons, I'm buying into it. I'm believing in it before I fully mm-hmm. see it. I'm the opposite with Zach Collins, and it could be unfair to Zach Collins because we've, we've, his growth has been in front of us. 
You know, he's mm -hmm. been playing minutes, unlike right. Anthony Simons. <laughs> yeah. So we've seen his growth in front of us. So we've seen the mistakes he's made. And that could be unfair to judge him by those mistakes, but that's what I've seen from him so far. So that's why I'm kind of let me see it before I believe it type thing. And, and for me, it's just if he's out there, I think he's going to have a positive impact on this team generally. Yeah. You know, and but he has to be out. But there. he's got to be out there. Yeah. And he has those intangibles uh, that other guys don't have. Like you wouldn't expect him to be the tough guy. Right. Like the enforcer type dude, and he's getting in people's faces. Talking trash. Yeah. And, and it's just, Jared touched on this, just his versatility. And mm -hmm. that is one thing he does absolutely bring to the Blazers, mm -hmm. his versatility. Both right now he brings it defensively, and someday, perhaps this season, he can bring a little bit offensively mm -hmm. as well. Okay, so if you had to put it in just one camp or the other, what your expectation, what you believe is going to happen with Collins this season do you think he will have an impact on the Blazers for better this season or for worse? Oh, man. For, for, this is really tough for me. Um, because I believe Terry Stotts is a really good coach, I believe he has a really good supporting cast around him, I'm going to say for better. Yeah, I, I, I'm leaning towards for better as well. And look, as the guys that you've mentioned that Terry Stotts has been able to make better. Yeah. Um, I think Zach Collins is going to fall under that category, yeah. uh, but he's got to be out there. It's his third season. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know what happens with these young players that in the Blazer system and Terry Stott system, it's that third season when they blossom. So we'll see. All right, question number three at Media Day. Olshay said that uh, this is the best team we've had. Terry Stotts said it's the deepest team we've had and said he thinks that the Blazers can have a better year than last season. Wow. Do you agree or disagree with him? Jared, start this one off, man. Okay, so Olshay said it's the best team we've had, and Stott said it's the deepest team we've had. Yes. I don't think I agree with either of those right now, at least on an unequivocal, definite, this is where, you know, the, the camp we're putting them in. Yeah. Last season's team made the Western Conference Finals, and you can say whatever you want about their path to the finals or whatever, they still got there. Yeah. And the 2014-15 season... That was a really good team. Yes. They didn't go in as far in the playoffs as they should have because Wes Matthews got hurt. But I think that was probably the most talented and deepest team you've had since Olshay got here in 2012. So I, I'm not ready to, to say this is the best team or the deepest team. But Stott said he thinks they can have a better season yes. than last year. And I, I think I'll agree with that, that, that it's possible, that it, it can happen. Because I think that the potential of this team... The ceiling of this team is really high. If everything goes right, if everyone stays healthy, if Hassan Whiteside, you know, has a good attitude and excels on the court, if Rodney Hood is as good as he was at times in the playoffs last season, if Zach Collins and Anthony Simons both are on the positive side of what we expect of them, if Pau Gasol stays healthy. I mean, there's all these question marks with this yeah. team, and I think there's a lot of question marks with this team. So. The range of where this season could go, I think, is really wide. But I think that if everything goes right, I, I, I think this roster, if everything goes right, has a potential to be a championship-level roster. Yeah. And so I think that this team can be better than last season. I just not, I'm not ready to put it there as an unequivocal claim. 
and you didn't even mention the possibility of Yusuf Nurkic, you know, right. coming back at midway through the season potentially. And if he is like full ready to go when he comes back, just mm-hmm. what type of impact that could have Absolutely. on this roster as well. But Jared, it took us 27 minutes into this year's three on three Blazers podcast, but we are completely on the same page here <laughs> on this one. Uh, I'm totally with you. Uh, you're right about the 2014-15 team, but I just thought more recently of that group the Blazers finished with yeah. last year, even without Yusuf Nurkic. You know, your starting five was Ennis Cantor, Aminu, Harkless, McCollum, Lillard. You had Rodney Hood, Seth Curry, Zach Collins, Evan Turner, Jake Lehman, and we even saw Myers Leonard in the Western Conference Finals uh, coming off the bench. Like, that was a deep group. You can say what you want about their talent level. It did have a ceiling. It was limited. But with what we know about this year's Blazers team right now, I'd have to say last year's team when answering this question right now, was deeper than what the Blazers currently have. And Jared said the word. It's question marks. We don't know. Like, we can envision different scenarios on how the Blazers could be better than last year's team. But what if they don't happen that way? You know, what if Zach Collins does struggle? What if Anthony Simons isn't scoring double-digit points per game? You know, what if Rodney Hood is shooting 30% from three this year? Like, what if all, what if these various bad things happen? We tend to, because of the fact we live here in Portland, we do want the Blazers to be good. We always tend to look at the positive. But there are potential negatives and pitfalls for this team. And so I'm totally with Jared. I'm not yet ready to say this is the best team they've had. But, as Jared said, if all the positive things we think can happen do happen, this team definitely has a higher ceiling than the team the Blazers finished with last year. I'm just not there with them yet. I think it's possible to be a deeper team and have the the deepest team they've ever had and not be better than than last year's team. Because one of the the greatest strengths that last year's team had was chemistry. Yes. And we have so many questions, to your point, because there are so many new players on this roster, that all of these things have to fit together. It has to be cohesive. There has to be a certain flow to this thing. And even with Dame and and CJ um, leading this locker room, there are a lot of unknowns that sometimes players just don't connect the same way. Yeah. And the talent level, you can argue, is, is better this year. Yeah. Um, and even Dame, when asked the question, is this the deepest team that you've ever been around, he thought back to some of those teams that you mentioned. And what he said was that this year's roster is in a sweet spot where you have veteran guys that can still play and you have young guys who are ready to contribute where at that point in his career, you know, CJ was just getting yeah. there. Like there were, there were certain yeah. guys that just weren't quite there. We're, we're right. talking about Anthony Simons the same way or even Zach Collins to that point yeah. uh, being ready to be an impact player. So I, I think both of those statements, you know, th- they don't have to be consistent with each other. One can be a yes and one can be a no. Um, but to your point, Jared, yeah, the, the ceiling is high for this team, but they're going to have to catch some breaks and we're going to have to see how quickly that this team can be cohesive, how, how, how soon it takes for them to connect. And I think guys like Tolliver, Guys like Pau Gasol, guys like Kent Bazemore mm-hmm. are going to are going to play a huge role in that because they're so mature, because they've been there before, and um, even 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 if they're not playing big minutes, like I think Bazemore is going to play. Oh uh, yeah, j- just he's, based on, yeah. on on hearing what people are saying about him. Yeah, like that could be the dude. He's yeah. he's going to have. I mean, if he starts the season on the bench, he's going to have 
a huge role coming yeah. off the bench for this year's team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he plays 28, 30 minutes a game off, even if he comes off the bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised by that. And the other thing I saw at Blazers practice the other day that just maybe for people that aren't watching the NBA as closely, this, this may be new to you, but uh, was watching Tolliver shoot. My goodness, the yeah, dude he's, can he's shoot. Really good. Yeah, he was he was running two on two stuff at the end of practice while we were waiting for interviews, and I I, I want to say he probably hit fifteen straight you know shots just in different scenarios, three pointers, hands in his face, off the dribble, uh, post up moves. I mean, he was cooking. So I, I just think, I, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be out there balling, yeah. right. but I'm just saying, like, the dude can shoot, and don't be surprised if he shoots at a high clip if, if he, he gets the opportunity. You think about the kind of open three-point looks that Stott's offense generates. Mm-hmm. He's a player that's just tailor-built for something like that. Mm-hmm. All right. So there's a lot of guys like that that are going to play roles in, in the success of this team, and the ball's going to have to bounce the right way for them, the way sure. that it did at times last yeah. season, for them to get back into that position. Because let's not forget, it was 19 years since the last time they were in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, it's, it's hard it, to yeah. get there. And, and now you look, at the current the state. Yeah. you look at the current state of the Western Conference now. It, as I mean, good as it's ever been. Yeah, it's going to be if it's going to be a really difficult path for them. Mm-hmm. But they do have the talent. We're like we've talked about. We can see scenarios where they make their way through it. Yeah, which yeah. is which is as a Portland Trailblazer fan, I think that's about the best you could hope for. That's the next step, right? Yeah. And they have the assets to engage in some talent acquisition during the season. In the middle, what are you saying, Jared? That <laughs> not not a damn thing, man. <laughs> and that well, that was huge for them last year was, too. Mm-hmm. You know, the acquisition of Rodney Hood and Ennis Cantor, yes. especially. Yes, you know, both they, of those they signed him in free agency. Those were huge deals for the Blazers as they went through the postseason. If they didn't have Ennis Cantor, there's no way they get to the Western Conference Finals last and year. And you've seen this front office be much more aggressive than they were in years past, both at the deadline last season and in this offseason. I think that's going to continue because you've got your two best players in their prime right now. Yeah. This team is ready to win and to compete at the highest level possible. And the front office has the you know desire to make this team better. Mm-hmm. And the owner in Jody Allen, who's going to say, go for it. Yeah. And so it's, I'm really excited for this season and what lies ahead. That was probably my biggest takeaway from this wild off season was the fact that the front office recognized that that window is open. Yes. Yeah. And now is the time to have that urgency if they want to strike like you saw, you know, Toronto do last season. Right? I think I think what everyone saw last year with Toronto and the fact that the Warriors are now officially split up a little bit and that everyone senses they're vulnerable for the first time in 5 years until your I man Clay every, gets back. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> uh, and by everyone across the league, not just the Blazers, everyone yes. in the Western Conference sensed that this offseason, which is why it was such a fun offseason. Jared, where can people get the podcast, man? Uh, you can find the podcast just about anywhere that you find podcasts that you listen to. Obviously, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. Just where you get your podcasts, look for 3 on 3 Blazers, you'll find it. What, where was Rip It, guys? Rip It is coming. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. We have a season preview in the works. Okay. And let's just say Zach Collins' minutes per game might play. Might be mm. a little oh. question for you guys. All so, right. Nice yeah. little teaser yeah. there. Little taste. I love it. I, taste to rip it. I, I'm going to tell you guys, my goal with this podcast this year <laughs> is to win Rip It. That's my wow. goal. 
Forget about quality analysis. I don't. I don't. I don't. Everything else I say throughout this year, toss it out the window. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I just want to win Rip it this year. I was so bad last year. Now I got to like study. He's my, calling his shots right my, now, man. My I possible like Rip it questions. I respect that, man. We yeah. all need goals, and and the best way to make them come to life is to speak all, them into existence. It's all about commitment, my friend. <laughs> hey, uh, what's your Twitter handle, man? At uh, nhands underscore kgw. And Jared. At Jared Cowley. Mine is Orlando KGW. Max, where can people find you? Where can they find the leader of the Anthony Simons hype train? You can find me at, at Max N Bar on Twitter. Hit me up if you have any ideas for a ripid question. 100%. Please. Hit that man up. I'm and not be hitting you up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I blocked you already. Oh, God. <laughs> and of course, make sure to uh, rate the podcast. Make sure to leave us comments on the podcast. We'd love to hear from you, and it helps everyone else find us. So uh, continue to support us. We appreciate y'all, and we are back and better than ever for season three, baby. Tell your friends about 3 on 3 Blazers podcast. Tell your grandma, tell your auntie, <laughs> tell your mama. We want them all. Come join the show. Be a part of it. See you next week. <laughs>